Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports for Monday. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Hello, with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, so you can catch all the other five live shows throughout the week. If you have to miss them, you can go back and listen and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. You can also follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch our podcast? You can do so by subscribing to War or Anger. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anger. Once again, at War on Anger. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any opinions on any of our topics we're going to cover today for our two-hour extravagance we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll and do something stupid, or as you young folks will say, at Ignick, I'm giving mm-hmm. Lakina full power to give you fools to barely be a boot. Bye-bye. I love when you say that. <laughs> Look, Keenan, let's kick off this Monday edition of Second City Sports by discussing the Chicago White Sox. Lakina, I asked you the question last Friday. Had the White Sox turned the corner after taking three or five games for the Kansas City Royals? You said, let's wait and see what happens in New York City over the weekend. Guess what happened? The White Sox finally woke up and took two out of three for the Yankees. Yay! But had they turned the corner yet? We'll get into all that, and plus the Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson uh, dust up in just a moment as well. The White Sox, minus Saturday's game, even though they did do some of this in Saturday's game, situational hitting, great pitching, great bullpen, and guess what happens when you stick to a game plan? You win most of the time. That's exactly what the Southsiders did uh, after losing Saturday's game. They swept the twin bill yesterday by the score, so 3-1 to one and 5 to nothing on Sunday night baseball. Great outstanding starting pitching by Johnny Cueto and Michael Kopech. Liam Hendricks looked great in the first game, shutting things down in the ninth inning for his 13th save of the year. 
in the bullpen, uh, introducing Ronaldo Lopez to a national audience, did the job as well. Lakina, Tim Anderson has been uh, swinging the bat very well all season long. He's currently batting 359. And Javon is starting to uh, turn around after coming off a uh, hand injury a couple of weeks ago. Yasmani Grandal, we'll get to him uh, in other matters in just a moment. But it looks like he's starting to swing the bat. Jose Abreu is starting to swing the bat. We talked about this on our last show on Friday. He's carrying that momentum over to the, Yan to the Yankees series. You saw what he did. Lakina, I really like what this team is doing right now. Uh, looks like they finally started to turn the, turn the corner. We still have a long way to go. I know we'll get into the schedule once again for the White Sox coming up for this week. But I really like the way this team is playing right now. And what happened on Saturday, we'll get to it in just a moment. It seems like the White Sox used that as their wake-up call. And you saw what's been happening over these last 48 hours. Yeah, and I think that's sort of – this is kind of the thing that the White Sox needed. to get two out of three against a really good Yankees team. They got one of the best records in the majors. And, look, Michael Poke Kopech put on a show for <clears> – <throat> excuse me, the nation. Shutout innings and such. And the, the White Sox actually took advantage of some of the, the runners in scoring position. Who knew? That was mm -hmm. their weakness these last few weeks especially. And going back to the early game – you know, they, they looked really good as well, that that, that double header. So they're sort of starting to kind of, you know, find their groove a little bit. You know, they could have be torn the corner. Sure. I mean, I think, look, you win two out of three against the Yankees. I think that's always a, a good thing. So we'll see if they we'll see if they do that. I mean, they have Boston coming to uh, G rate starting tomorrow. I'm wondering, you know, if they've been playing a little bit better, though. Mm hmm. He's in the Red Sox. So, yeah, I, I think, look, this is sort of like something that the White Sox need. The White Sox need to kind of get their groove back and such. I mean, they won <coughs> – I can't talk to you for some reason. They won three out of five against the Royals. But, yeah, I think the Yankees, you know, that, that might have gotten to turn the corner. And also, too, let's talk about the starting pitching that has carried this team all season long. Dylan Seas, who did not pitch in this series against the Yankees, he'll take the bump against the Red Sox uh, during their series here in Chicago you know, later on this week. Michael Kopech, as Lakina mentioned, he was outstanding last night. Seven shutout innings. He carried a no-hitter into the sixth inning. He gave up one hit, struck out seven, and, and that was very impressive. I know Kopech is one of the leaders in ERA so far for starters in MLB this season. You look at Johnny Cueto. He had six shutout innings in his first start last week at Kansas City, and he did the uh, same thing against the Yankees yesterday in the first game. Six innings, gave up six hits, struck out six, and if you're the White Sox, we've been begging and pleading all season long. Take advantage of uh, of these starts by your starting pitches by by giving them run support. Uh, it wasn't enough, in my opinion, but it was enough to obviously for them to sweep the doubleheader yesterday against the Yankees and send them the, me the message: hey, it, we're a team that we do what we're supposed to do. You're gonna have to come through us come October. Yeah, let, let's see. The other problem is, is unfortunately, the Twins are still winning. So I think that's the mm -hmm. only problem for the White Sox so far. Now, as far as the, uh, you know, getting like the pitching, you know, like I said, Kopech looked good um, yesterday, last night in the SNA baseball game. That was really a, a big, he's been very consistent all year in the early game of that doubleheader. Uh, like, like the Sox did what they could, you know, that the bullpen looked really good. You know, Kendall Graveman, you know, sort of pitched lights out. You know, they were pretty much. You know, I don't want to say unhittable, but they want to, you know, they sort of mm -hmm. dominated and they showed like the reason why they were one of the best uh, middle relievers in the uh, in the league last year. So I think, look, if you're the Sox, if you're a White Sox fan, like you should be feeling pretty good at this point of the season. You're starting to kind of turn the quarter a little bit. You'll we'll see 
you know, they got a, 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 a three gamer against the, the Red Sox coming up tomorrow, like I said, and we'll see how they do against them. I mean, I think, like I said, I know the Red Sox are struggling a little bit. They kind of gotten it together a little bit as of late. So it could be very interesting to see, you know, this, this series here, we'll see what happens. And we'll see what happens moving forward with the White Sox. As you mentioned, three against the Red Sox starting tomorrow at, on the south side. And, of course, you have an uh, odd day off on Friday. And then, of course, you host the Cubs for the final two games between those two teams this season coming up uh, this upcoming weekend on the south side. Lakina, let's uh, dip into the so-called controversy quickly of uh, the Josh Donaldson-Tim Anderson saga. Of course, uh, uh, Josh Donaldson slid into Tim Anderson in a hard, quote-unquote, hard slide uh, during their battle last weekend here in Chicago. Of course, on Saturday, uh, it was alleged that Josh Donaldson called up, called Tim Anderson Jackie to get under his skin, referring to an article back in 2019, somewhere around in there. It, it people alleged that Tim Anderson called himself the next Jackie Robinson, which was not true. But in any, in any case, Josh Donaldson, we know that he's been a pest throughout his whole career, especially in recent memory, is more of Josh Donaldson versus the White Sox. But after Josh Donaldson called Tim Anderson Jackie, um, when his turn to bat came up in the bottom of the fifth inning, the Yasmani Grandal took up for Tim Anderson, uh, got in his face. Of course, both benches empty. Thank goodness no punches were thorough thrown tim anderson came out of the dugout really wanted the piece of donaldson but uh, nothing occurred of course mlb is carrying on an internal investigation and of course after the game on saturday tony larusa just mentioned that it was a racist comment he didn't comment any further of course yasmani grandal said there's no place for uh comments like that uh, between anderson and josh donaldson of course liam Hendricks said if your friends or close uh, buddies, you don't joke around like that. And we got Tim Anderson's back. Lakina, uh, you can look at, at it from a thousand angles, uh, especially us being of uh, black American descent. Uh, no one, including people that look like us, should tell us how we should feel. And I say that to everyone. P people are different. We may have the same skin color, but uh, we do think we do not think alike. We think differently because we're human beings, first of all. So I'm not going to tell Tim Anderson how he's supposed to feel. That's not my place or anybody else's place. But in my opinion, I thought Tim Anderson uh, uh, instigated the incident a little bit too further. If he really wanted a piece of Josh Donaldson, he could have gotten him right there before Yasemite Gradal said something to Donaldson. But with that being said, Lakina, I, Tim Anderson, I, I like him personally, but it, it, at times, it seems like he wants to force the issue a little bit too much. Once again, I'm not going to tell somebody how to feel because that's not my place or anybody else's place. But we all know that Tim Anderson, he's the leader in that clubhouse in terms of the attitude and the swag. But I think that he's carried this thing on just a little bit too much. We know about the incident. We're giving the Cleveland fans the turkey bird. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he yelled out the N-word a couple of years ago. Uh, one, of, I guess one of the Kansas City players, which was not smart. But... Uh, Tim Anderson, uh, uh, in some ways, I brought this among himself. Now, Josh Donaldson, we all know his history, as I said before. He's no uh, innocent angel in this either. Uh, most of the trouble he's created, he's brought on himself as well. So both men are uh, guilty to a, a certain degree in this situation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I see. I remember some of those articles. I remember him you know, referring to himself as Jackie. And, you know, you can look. I know that because we have some friends out there that probably said, oh, you know what? It was more he wanted to say, you know, Donaldson. I mean, wanted to say the, you know, the N word and whatnot. Mm -hmm. 
But I don't know. Look, I mean, Donald is a jerk. We know this, and you know, he could be a, a d bag at times. But you know, I, I think I, I think both sides are wrong here in this sense that you know, don't don't like say it and like think it's a term of endearment. Some people may take that, you know, and be offended by it. So I I just think that people should just you know, I think I can see both sides of it, but I think you know both sides were wrong. And, and look, we'll see if MLB. I don't think MLB is going to do anything. I think they may find dolls, and that's about it. I don't think you know. Mm-hmm. If people are saying he should be suspended for like ten games, no, he shouldn't. No, I mean that's like I, I've seen you know guys get suspended for saying worse stuff than, than what he said to him. Yeah. So just I, I would say like I think look, we, we love TA. You know, we love his passion and what he brings to baseball, and we need more stars like him. But. I just think that maybe, you know, maybe this, I don't want to say that he's trying to make something. I, I get why he felt offended by it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, though, I kind of think you know, maybe it might have, you know, taken a little bit too much. Now, Randall, I mean, to his credit, look, I mean, maybe he took that as a, maybe he kind of took that as a, took offense to it. Who knows? But, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I see both sides of it. I don't, I know that, you know, some people will think of it as something or some people may think it's something else. I think people should just, you know, stay, say their piece and just, you know, move on and, you know, look, Donaldson, this has been going on for years with him, but most of, most of the teams he's been at. So it isn't really a big shocker. But, yeah, like I said, I think people should just, you know, take a step back and just sort of see and peel through the layers of – I think people want to be so – I think more people want to be offended by something these days. Mm-hmm. So – but, I, I, I like I said, I get why Tim, you know, took, you know, took it like he did. But, again, I think there's just some cases where you just kind of like – you know, I, I doubt they'll be hugging it out anytime soon, but you just got to <laughs> – I, you just gotta kind of just yeah. just just take it like a little bit further. Okay, just a couple more nuggets about this, and then we'll move on. I was watching both post game shows on Saturday: the Yes Network in New York, and uh, of course NBC Sports Chicago. Lawrence Holmes was filling in for Chuck Garfinos, Lawrence and Isaac Gian. I thought, and I tweeted this out on my uh, Twitter timeline on Saturday. Isaac Gian talked about team unity and and, and team uh, uh, togetherness and. And at one of the points he brought up as well is uh, he said uh, Tim Anderson would have uh, threw a punch at Donaldson. He would have been suspended. And somebody else from the White Sox or the Yankees side uh, would have thrown a punch. Uh, they would have been fined and suspended as well. So Isaac Gian, uh, uh, I thought, was very, um, very observant, very smart when he said uh, the White Sox, you know, we talk about them going through injuries right now. Uh, they can't afford to lose any more guys, especially Tim Anderson, who's been one of the few best hitters on the team next to uh, Luis Robert all season long. So, like I said, if Tim Anderson really wanted to go at Josh Donaldson, he had his opportunity, but he didn't do it. And people said could say that's smart, which is true because he, I guarantee if he would have uh, thrown a couple punches at Donaldson, he would have been suspended for tomorrow's game or perhaps maybe even one of the games against the Cubs coming up next weekend. So it was smart for Tim Anderson to, to do. But like we said, uh, both of them have – faults of their own or they're the have the flaws of their own on both sides now i'll give credit to the yes network because i watched uh, some of that coverage as well john flaherty a former yankee catcher in devil ray catcher and jack curry who used to cover the yankees for the new york times back in the day he's uh, been their studio analyst on the yes network for years and both of them said and this is before we've learned about the uh about the jackie uh, uh comments from donaldson and tim anderson and uh, among other players, both of them said just what you echo, Lakina. Josh Donald Donaldson uh, has been a pest wherever he's been. I know, I'm, I know he he's upset some uh, teammates of his own throughout the years. And John Flaherty, I thought, brought up an interesting point. Before we learned why the beef took place, why the beef took place on Saturday, he said 
it's almost like the, the White Sox. So we celebrate this player. He's a broadcaster now for Fox. I think I think he'll be doing the Cub Sox series this week, but I'm not sure. But uh, AJ Brzezinski, remember he had that reputation with early in his career with the Minnesota Twins in that one year with the San Francisco Giants in 2004 before Kenny Williams brought him aboard for the Sox for that 2005 season. Uh, he's a pest to uh, everybody else on the field, to the opponents, but if he's your teammate, uh, most of your teammates will love you. And that's what John Flaherty of the Yes Network said about Josh Donaldson. But I'm not saying you shouldn't have guys like that on your team, but you just got to be smart. You really do. And in closing here, yeah, I think this, I think both sides were wrong. I know like some people may, you know, look at it and say, oh, you know, he was trying to say, you know, a different, uh, the N word and that was code. But then, you know, more stuff comes out that, mm -hmm. yeah, he kind of, he called himself that. And I think, you know, I don't know, but, but look, I, I think at this point, I think people need to kind of just step back and stop trying to be offended by something. So, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday edition. We're live in 11 Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakini here with you. You have a question or comment for us, uh, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube and type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Uh, Lakina or myself will get them up on the screen for you. You have any uh, comments regarding the Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson situation? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Just be responsible with your comments and we'll, uh, we'll get them up on the screen for you. We'll discuss it. Uh, discuss. We'll discuss a little bit further. Now, turning our attention to the rest of baseball from the weekend, uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, failed to sweep the Florida Marlins. The Marlins got the best of the Braves yesterday, uh, avoiding a sweep at home. The Philadelphia Phillies avoided a sweep on their uh, own ballpark at Citizens Bay Ballpark. They beat the Dodgers by the score of forty-three yesterday in ten innings. Of course. St. Louis and Pittsburgh, a series that Major League Baseball wants you to care about. Two of those three games were on the exclusive streaming services. Did you watch? St. Louis took care of Pittsburgh with no problem. Eighteen, <laughs> yeah, eighteen to four. Like Jesus Christ! I mean, oh yeah, yeah, like, what the heck? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, no, 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 that was bad. Um, you know, the Red Sox, you know, won their series against Seattle. You know, they had to go to ten innings, but. You know, that was a four. great finish yesterday. I checked out some of that grand after the slam. White Sox first game. Yeah, yeah, grand slam. So yes, and uh, Cincinnati avoided the sweep against the Blue Jays. I think Blue Jays kind of just took that that you know that yesterday's game off after you know they beat uh, the Reds pretty handily in the first uh, few games of that series. Uh, Minnesota came back from six nothing down and came back to beat the Royals seven. I saw six. some of that too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you know the Mets beat Colorado two nothing. San Diego got the best of the Giants, you know, meaning you know, winning that series. Also, mm -hmm. too, uh, the Angels got back on track, winning their series against the A's. Shohei yeah. Otani, did you just check out that monster home run yesterday? Yes, he did. I don't think they, I don't Ooh, think they almost four hundred and fifty feet, I believe it was. My yeah, goodness, think, yeah, it's center field. Yeah, I don't think they found that. I don't think they still have that ball. Have found that ball yet? I think so. <laughs> that's still. I don't think they found it yet. I think that's out in like in the like the old, you know, the OC, like uh, you know, you know, the, 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 the PCH highway or something like that. But yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> You know, very interesting there. Uh, the Cubs, the Cubs avoided the sweep, you know, beating the Diamondbacks five to four. Schwindel and Wisdom, they had, you know, some big RBIs for the Cubs, so they avoid the sweep. Thank goodness. Yeah, they're the first teammates since 1969 to both homer uh, back to back and back to back games. So yep. they avoided the sweep. They avoided yeah. the sweep of the Diamondbacks. Have yeah, great moments for, for those players yesterday. Yeah, heck of a way to do it too. So I think mm -hmm. they needed that too because they, like I said, they were on the verge of getting swept there. So that was a, a nice show in there by the Cubs. 
Um, okay, going into this week's series, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Colorado and Pittsburgh. That game, that game is going to come on tonight at five thirty-five. Um, the the Cubs will travel to Cincy to play the Reds. So that's a nice way to kind of get yourself back on track if you're the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees will try to get back on, ta- on track as well, but Baltimore has been given a hard time this year. So we'll see what happens in that series. The Dodgers and the uh, Nationals they continue their as they continue their East Coast road trip. The Phillies and the Braves. We'll see how that goes in the AL East. Detroit and Minnesota, good one here in the AL Central. Toronto and St. Louis, that should be a fun one. Lots of scoring there. Yeah. <laughs> the Guardians and Houston, that's a 7-10. Kansas City and Arizona. Milwaukee and San Diego, that should be a fun one at 840. Oakland and Seattle, teams that have underachieved this year, so we'll see how that's, uh, that series goes. And the Mets continue their, start their um, West Coast road trip as they face the Giants. In other series, they'll they'll start tomorrow, Tuesday, will be, of course, Boston at Chicago against the White Sox on the south side. Uh, The Florida Marlins, the Battle of Florida, they'll travel to Tampa Bay to face the the Rays. And uh, the the Rangers and the Angels will do battle from uh, SoCal tomorrow. And Brewers and Projects, I think you mentioned that. Yeah, that's about it. So those are the series that are starting for you around Major League Baseball for this upcoming week. Quickly, Lakina, about the Chicago Cubs. They avoided being swept yesterday uh, uh, by the Diamondbacks. Uh, The starting pitching, uh, Kyle Hendricks, his start on Friday wasn't that great. Uh, The bullpen, we we won't blame it all on the bullpen, but whenever you're starting pitching, it's not good. The bullpen has to clean up the mess, and the Cubs bullpen tried to do that this week. They were just unsuccessful. But the offense, they're starting to pick it up again, but the problem is they just haven't put it together for long stretches. Yeah, And that's why they're eight games under 500. Yeah, that's been the problem. Look at inconsistency, especially with the hitting. So they could – score like 10 12 runs but then you know mm-hmm. other games they don't score any so that's or maybe like one or two so that that's been really the big problem for the cubs so far this season so we're going to take a really quick break when we come back you know conference finals uh some games might be some of these one series might end a little sooner than one thought and we'll get more on that and you know more uh zach levine rumors because they're just so we've had so many lately <laughs> do 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 <laughs> Well, with Sunday Brown, I'm the King of McGee, the second city sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you on the other side of this break. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. 
And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the live in the Living Color, the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you as we transfer over to talking NBA Conference Finals. If you have a question or comment for us during our now 90 minutes of a strive against the left, we call a sports talk radio show. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's start off as we go backwards as we usually do. Last night's Game 3 of the NBA's Western Conference Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks two, took place deep in the heart of Texas. The Golden State Warriors now hold the commanding three games to none seriously after a 109-100 victory over the Dallas Mavericks. Steph Curry led the Warriors with 31 points. Andrew Wiggins chipped in with 27. Klay Thompson had 19. Golden State Warriors only had 13 points total off their bench. Jordan Poole with 10 of them, but... It was an all-around team effort for the Golden State Warriors that held down Luka Doncic in the Dallas Mavericks defensively. The key stat here was the offensive rebounding. Golden State was up to the task while Dallas was trying to figure out what to do defensively. Lakina, I don't know. We'll deep dive deeply more in, in, into this game, but my couple of observations uh, uh, taken away from this game last night, the Warriors, they just don't shoot the ball well, but they pass the ball very well is better as any other team in, in the NBA defensively, even though they're not as great as people think they are. Uh, they did a number of Luca last night, just like not so much the second game, but the first game that took some of that, what they did in the first game, they added on to what they did against Luca and his mates last night on the road. Well, unfortunately for the Mavs, I mean, they've now lost four straight when Lucas four straight playoff games with Lucas scores. 40-plus points, that's tied for them for the longest losing streak by a player scoring 40-plus mm -hmm. points in the playoff, hist in playoff history with this team losing. You got to go way back to Rick Barry in the mid-70s. So not mm -hmm. good if you're uh, if you're the, uh, the Mavs. I mean, look, I mean, Georgie Bullock had zero points. He was 0 for 10 from, you know, from, uh, from, the, from the field. It's 0 for 7 mm -hmm. from 3. That's not good. I know Dorian Fitty-Smith, he only scored 9. He struggled from the field. I know that um, Dinwiddie uh, had 26 off the bench, but that wasn't enough. So he was really their best player last night, despite Luka scoring 40. Yeah, that him and uh, Bronson, but Bronson uh, missed a couple mm -hmm. of uh, key shots that would have definitely helped the deficit if you're the Mavs. Now, as far as the Warriors, I mean, look, the Warriors are the Warriors, and you know, look, they shot 34% from three, which is actually it's actually you know sort of an off night for them. But you know you have more guys step stepped up. You had you know Jordan Poole came in with ten points. Andrew Riggins had twenty seven. 
So mm-hmm. you had like guys, it was a good like team, you know, performance. And when, when um, Poole wasn't doing, you know, was just doing it from uh, the field and from the outside, he would make some key defensive stops. So mm-hmm. just a, a, a complete total like team win by the Warriors. And this is actually when experience, this is when experience sort of wins out in these conference finals. I mean, this isn't the first the first rodeo for the Warriors. I mean, Steph had his you know seventh you know you know seventh you know thirty point you know game in the playoffs. He he joins LeBron and MJ are the only players to have that many. So, just just a great effort by them. Yeah, what did I tell you before the series uh, uh, kicked off, Lakina? Last week, I said one of my key players for the Warriors this series was Andrew Wiggins. Now he had a nice game with the 19 points in Game One. And he helped shut down, uh, neutralize uh, Luka Doncic in Game One. Game Two, uh, he was almost a no show, but Game Three, uh, he came up big as you mentioned with 27 points and that monster dunk over Luka. He went mm-hmm. back to his, uh, his college days at Kansas and yes. threw one down. As, as great Bill Walton would say, pour down, big man, pour <laughs> down. <laughs> but uh, yes. he was very aggressive on the offensive end last night. As we said, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry can get it going. Uh, it's going to make it easier for the other guys. Like I said, Clay Thompson only had 19 points, but Steph stepped up big. But we have guys like Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins stepping up to the forefront in terms of scoring. The Warriors are hard to beat. They really are, and it's just unfortunate because you look back, you go back to the, the uh, Friday's game when Dallas is a big, you know, in, at Golden State, and mm-hmm. you know the the Warriors. Of course, you guys know the Warriors came back. You know, Calvin Looney had like his most points since he was at UCLA. So <laughs> and that that was a while ago. That was about, that was about five or six years ago. So it's been a, it's been a while since he scored that many. But he definitely said that. So that's how you say the death and the unsung heroes and the mm-hmm. experience. I think that definitely helped the Warriors now. If you're the Mavs, you better try to maybe. I'm sure they're going to put in the effort to try to extend this, but it's going to be very hard because I'm sure if you're the Warriors, you want to try to put them away and you know do it like with a quickness. As I said before, Lakino, um, I said this. I said this on Friday's show. Luka was, was going to have one of those games where he was going to put the team on his back and the Dallas Mavericks would win. Now he did that with 40 points last night, but. You could tell he was just struggling. Uh, every shot that he took from the outside was a struggle. I know the Warriors forced a couple of air balls and it forced Luka to throw away a couple of bad passes. But you could tell that uh, he it was a struggle just to put up a shot last night. Whenever he didn't drive the ball into, into the lane, each jump shot he took, it was a struggle because no one, one else at the time for the Mavericks wanted to step up and help him out. Is is standing around watching Luca do his thing. That's not how you play basketball offensively. You move the ball around, you, you screen, you cut, and once uh, once you do that, everybody touches the ball. It increases your chances to score for everybody. You just can't focus on just one guy. Yeah, I think that's been the problem. And look, Luca's look, Luca's done his thing. You know, I I think more guys can just step up. Dorian Fifty Smith, you gotta step up. Reggie mm-hmm. Bullock. I mean, look, you, you came through. No points. Uh, that's that's inexcusable. Yeah, you you came through in the series against the Suns. You were able to you came through, but mm-hmm. again, you know this is this is these are the Warriors. Um, Max Kleiber, you know zero points. That's not going to cut it. So yeah, he passed all... up about two or three shots like, yeah. uh, last yeah, night a, after he missed yeah, the first couple, couple three point shots. I know yeah, Reggie he, Miller pointed on the telecast. Yeah, he had like a couple of good looks, but then you know he passed on it. So who knows if he had would have taken those shots? But yeah, it's like I said, this is going to be very interesting. This uh, it, to see you know when when they do play game four, how will, will the Mavs mindset is? Will their mindset be, you know, tomorrow? Will the mindset be, you know, hey, let's try to fight. Let's try to, you know, try to get back into this series and at least make it respectable. Or 
Well, they just, you know, crawl into a hole in, you know, the field position and just, you know, you know, let the Warriors just, you know, run them off the court. It'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Lakina, what can the Mavericks do defensively? Like, as we said before, uh, ever since the trade deadline, they improved their team defensively and give head coach Jason Kidd credit for that. Uh, what can you do at this point to make any adjustments defensively? Because Steph Curry got back on, on track last night. Jordan Poole was in foul trouble. He probably would have mm -hmm. scored over 20 points if he wasn't in foul trouble. Clay mm -hmm. Thompson, you kind of held him in check so far in this series. But if you're Jason Kidd, what else can you do? I, I I mean, just you know, pray that the, that the Warriors miss their shots. I mean, <laughs> you know, you tried all that. You kept you kept Clay at bay, but then Steph was good, and then yeah. you know, Wiggins had his best game of the the playoffs. Yeah. So it is just sort of one of those things where you just gotta, you know, look. They play well at home, and I think up until that loss, they were on. I don't want they weren't undefeated, but I think they were right up there in that sense. So if you're the let's see, if you're the Mavericks, you better see if you can try maybe get them the uh, the force. You know take bad shots and if they you know miss their you know their you know oh especially open threes that's going to be mm -hmm. the key but uh, again you gotta let's see what the Mavs mindset is going to be I mean they put up a fight you know last night which is great after what happened on Friday but it this might be sort of the the the, the death knell for them but again we'll see yeah a couple of the statistics to, uh, to wrap up uh wrap up uh, our game for uh, review game three rather review from last night uh in the uh, assist department uh the dallas mavericks were uh outdone by the warriors 28 to 18 offensive rebounds as i mentioned earlier lakina in uh in the segment 14 to 7 edge for golden state over dallas in the office of rebound department i thought charles Berkeley also made a great point about that on the post game show on tnt last night as far as offensive rebounds concerned overall defensively 33 26 for golden state uh in the total turnover department Golden State had 13 turnovers, but they were shooting the ball so hot from the field that really didn't matter. But check this out: the the fast, not the fast break, the points in the paint. Dallas with 34. It didn't seem like it at the time, but they were taking missing a lot of open shots. But Golden State mm -hmm. had 46 points in the paint. Yeah, I think that's 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 yeah, that's not good if you're trying to. The paint is, you know, they can shoot from the paint too. I mean, everybody thinks that the Warriors can only <laughs> shoot from three, but they can shoot from the paint as well. And if you're not if you're not sort of, you know, blocking out Draymond and Poole and then, you know, from the, especially during the interior, that's going to be a problem. So I don't know what, I'm, I'm sure the mask will try to do something. I'm sure Jason Kidd will try to see if he can pull something out of the hat, but it's going to be very hard to do. So we'll have to see what happens. You're listening to Second City Sports, all new edition for Monday. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakini here with you talking NBA playoffs and conference finals. Let's switch over to the Eastern Conference, Lakina. Game four will take place tonight between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat from TD Bank's North Garden at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on ABC. But let's review last Saturday night's game three action that took place in Boston, Lakina. The Miami Heat uh, go, uh, go and win. Game three, they're taking a, a game on the road, 109 to 103, leading that best of seven series, two games to one. Jimmy Butler went out early in the second half with a right knee injury. Bam Adebayo, as you said on Friday, Lakini, he had to step up. Stepped up, he did, 31 points, mm -hmm. 10 rebounds, and six assists. P.J. Tucker chipped in with 17 points. Kyle Lowry had 11 in 29 minutes of action. Max Struss has 16 points uh, uh, as a starting point guard. And off the bench, uh, Victor Oladipo struggled with five points, but Tyler Harrell, who's going to be out for tonight's game, he chipped in with eight points. 
Lakina, and we'll get to the boss's numbers in just a moment, but Lakina, the Miami Heat were up by 20-plus points. They had to hold on for victory. The Boston Celtics got back in the game defensively, as we all thought they would, but they turned the ball over just a little bit too much, especially down the stretch, and you don't win many games uh, doing that. No, you don't, and I think that's what killed them. And your guys were kind of getting hurt back and forth. I mean, I know this um, is a mash series. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, the you know, Tatum had to go out for for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know Marcus Smart, you know, got banged up for a little yeah. bit. Hero got banged up, but now he's not going to be able to play tonight. So that that could be huge for Miami. Um, look, Bam, it, it's 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 interesting, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he became the fourth player, you know, sorry, center, I should say, to lead you know their team in points, assists, steals and blocks in the playoff games since it became, since the steals and blocks became a stat back in the early seventies, he joins Akeem, Dikembe and Kareem as the only guys to do that. So he says, I remember too, Jimmy was hurt a little bit, you know, that knee mm -hmm. was kind of been bothering him a little bit on and off all season. So he was able to step up, you know, he only had eight points, but again, he was hurt. You know, Bam set up big time. You know, Lowry had 11 points. So it was definitely a, a team uh, win. Now hero being out, that's going to be, that could be an issue for them, but you know we'll see if you know Duncan Robinson, Victor Oladipo, can those guys step up and win there. But yeah, that's going to be very interesting. It's, look, as far as Boston, I mean, I don't know what happened. I know um, you know Ram Williams had ten points. You know Daniel Tice only had one point. That's not going to that's not going to cut it. Um, you know guys, you know, they were just they just weren't. You know, but outside of him, there really wasn't a lot of you know there wasn't really anybody that stepped up. You know other than the stars with the exception of tight. So that that's going to be a big problem because the role players for the Celtics have to step up. They want to, you know, get back into the series. Yeah. Speaking of the role players, the, the bench for Boston only totaled 16 points. 10 of them were from Grant Williams and, and that's going not going to get it done. Peyton Pritchard, as you mentioned, he's been the unsung hero off and on for the Celtics throughout the, the second half of the season and throughout these playoffs. He only had three points. Let's see what he does in, in tonight's game four. But Marcus Smart, uh, he had an, he, he had that ankle injury uh, midway through the third quarter. He did come back to score 16, but you could tell he was bothered by that ankle injury. He did give it a go, but uh, even though the Celtics got back in the game, if he was totally healthy, maybe the, the outcome would have been different. But uh, if, if he plays tonight, I expect him to give maximum effort. And like you said, who, who's, who's going to be the healthiest after all this is, is said and done? Jason Tatum struggled with 10 points. He had a pinched nerve. As of right now, he's probable for tonight's game. He's expected to play, and so we'll see what happens with, with that. He's, he was struggling before that injury late in the fourth quarter with mm -hmm. 10 points. He uh, That was his uh, finishing stat line. So Jason Tatum, if he plays tonight, um, he, he's going to have to score more than, more than 10 points. Al Horford with 20 and 14. Uh, how much does he, this guy have left in the tank, Lakina? Uh, <laughs> you know, you have to give him props for what he's done, but – uh, if you depending on Al Horford to do everything from the interior, that's going to be a problem. That's why you brought up Daniel Tice. Who else is going to help out Al Horford uh, yeah. in the paint? Yeah, that's that's going to be sort of the thing, and because they really don't have a lot of guys in the paint other than uh, Tice and mm -hmm. Horford, so that that's going to be definitely going to be an issue. And like I said, I think everybody needs to step up, though. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. Luke Cornett and everything else. So maybe. I don't know. I mean, Pritchard needs to, I, we know he can do it. We've seen yes. him do it this year. Uh, in these playoffs, especially uh, Derek white. I mean, he needs to step up a little bit more as well. Nick Stauskas. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, look, I think the Celtics have sort of the, the weapons to perhaps stay right there, especially now that hero is going to be out for Miami. 
But again, I think teams have to step up and they have to hit their threes. That's another thing that that kind of killed them. So there were there were eleven for thirty three from uh, no that that's uh, no they were twelve for thirty two. They actually did well from three. It was just mm-hmm. that they weren't really good from the they were good from the field too. But they said so they just hit the hit did hit the shots where they needed to. And to Miami's credit, you look they their defense you know, stepped up and they were able to yeah yeah I know Boston scored like thirty one points in the fourth, but it was mm-hmm. kind of a moot point after that. So. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I feel like this series could go six or seven, but again, I think you know Celtics have to you know answer the call tonight. Yeah, and speaking of defense, that's what Miami's calling car has been all season long. You take a look at the statistics from uh, Game Three: twenty-four turnovers for Boston. Uh, going to the uh, compared to the Heat's nine total turnovers for the game. Great job by the Heat uh, taking care of the basketball, but they for, forced a bunch of turnovers, especially late when Boston was trying to come back. They got it to within four, but that was the closest that Boston uh, would come close to uh, late in game three on Saturday. Uh, total blocks, uh, Boston had seven to Miami's four, but points out the turnovers, this was key. The, the Boston Celtics had 33 points off of turnovers. The Miami Heat had nine. But let's be honest here, the Heat were hot in that first half. And so, and when the Celtics were coming back, the Miami couldn't shoot the ball well, especially in that third quarter when, when the Celtics were making a charge. And also, two points in the paint, 48 to 34. As I said before, like, you know, who's going to help out Al Horford in the interior for the Boston Celtics? Now, Ben Mandebayo had a career game in terms of mm-hmm. points for the Miami Heat, but for the Boston, that's really going to be key. Uh, who, who's going to have the healthy bodies left? <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be right. I mean, that, that's going to be sort of the thing because you know guys are falling you know by the wayside and again this is sort of your know, survival of the foods i mean no no team's really healthy this time of year so i think that's mm-hmm. going to be the thing and it's like i said survival of the fittest so we'll, we'll see and there might not be any players left by the time they you know the series is over with whoever ends up winning so um but yeah i mean tonight i i think with the celtics they have to step it up from the you know from the interior they have, you know, their role guys. I'm talking about their bench guys outside of Williams. Mm-hmm. Well, Williams still does need to step up too, but more guys need to step up. Because if not, especially with you know, hero, even if hero's out, they have a lot of depth there. And he doesn't kind of combat that. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Celtics, you better try and you know get your guys to step up more. Also, too, on the flip side for Miami, I'm looking for Duncan Robinson, who's seen limited action in this series. He saw the most in game two, which would turn out to be a blowout for Boston. But I'm looking for Duncan Robinson. How much does Eric Spolster trust him? How many minutes will he play? I'm looking for him to have a big game tonight. Uh, Kyle Lowry, uh, he's still trying to work his way back through that ankle injury. has been bothering him all season long. Let's see what he gives you tonight. Uh, Jimmy Butler, we assume that he's going to play. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I assume that he's going to be on the limited uh, minutes basis. We, we don't know. It depends on the floor of the game. So uh, this is a crucial game for both teams, but mostly for uh, importantly for Boston because they trailed two games to one in this series. So I expect Boston to have a better effort tonight. They were right there on Saturday, but they just couldn't close the deal. That uh, they as I like as I said before, they turned the ball over uh, one too many times, especially late in that in that game, and so. Well, uh, who has the most pressure is Boston. They're down 2-1. This is their second game at home in game four. This is it for them tonight. Not saying they can't win on the road to Miami if, if they lose tonight, but you're really playing with house money uh, if you lose tonight, if you're Boston. If you're yeah, Boston. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's sort of the thing where I think people need to remember that. And they look, we know the Celtics can do it. We've seen them do it. But I think the mm-hmm. problem is, is that now they, you know, their guys have to step up, and we'll see if they can do it tonight. Because if not, this series could get out of hand. And they can, it could probably get out of hand quick. 
Yes, here is the schedule for this coming weekend. The National Basketball Association as the conference finals are starting to come to a close. We're halfway through both series now. Tonight, as I mentioned, 7.30 ABC Central Standard Time is game four between Miami and Boston, live from the TD Bank North Garden. The Miami Heat lead the best that that best of seven series, two games to one. Tomorrow, Tuesday, will be game four between the Warriors and Mavericks in that Western Conference final. The Golden State Warriors will try to complete a sweep. Uh, that game's at 8 o'clock on TNT. And, of course, Wednesday, we'll have game five of the Eastern Conference finals back in Miami between Boston and the Heat. That's at 7.30 on ESPN. And, of course, Thursday, if necessary, game five will be back at Golden State between the Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks on TNT. So that's your schedule for the NBA playoffs for this coming week. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Uh, okay, uh, Zach Levine, a uh, rumor of the day. Do, 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 do. Apparently, well, yeah, apparently Dallas has now expressed interest over the weekend. Uh, I guess like one of uh, Mark Cuban, I guess him, the owner of the Mavs, I guess himself kind of said that they would be interested in signing Levine. The only problem is, is that, you know, they don't have the cap space. So it, it's sort of like all these rumors are kind of coming out of the world now. They say they are going to various blogs, you know, they're saying that they are might pursue him during, you know, free agency. So that's the latest rumor, the latest team to come out and say that he <laughs> would be interested. You know, they'd be interested in Prowski and Levine. I am so over this at this point. It's just absurd. <laughs> well, they give us back Jalen Brunson and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. They may be a start, but I don't know if that's going to go down like that, Lakina. Now, it's great for Dallas because Zach Levine would definitely help out Luka Doncic. All the pressure would be taken off of Luka, just like all the pressure was taken off of Zach when DeMar DeRozan was acquired to come here to Chicago last summer. So from that standpoint, that makes sense. But if you're AK and GM Mark Eversley for the Bulls, unless I'm getting back Spencer Dinwiddie and and Jalen Brunson, or you may have to work out a, a, a third team for a trade, I'm not doing this. It makes sense on the Dallas side, but for the Bulls side, unless I, unless I mentioned Dinwiddie and, and Brunson, no. Unless I missed something, no. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of like one of those things where you know you're probably it's if they, if they have if they want to do this, it's going to have to be a sign and trade. So they're going to have to perhaps you know sign you know Bulls probably got to sign Levine to the deal, and then you know they were going to have the Bavs going to have to get a, like some guys to match, like you said, whether it's a Brunson or whether it's a Dimwitty or somebody like that. You know, maybe add a, like a pick, maybe a, a you know a pick or two to perhaps maybe level that uh, equal the uh, the value. So. It's one of those things where you're like, like I said, I'm sick of the rumors at this point. It is just absurd to me that this is still like a thing. Look, I'm sure Zach, Zach will enjoy free agency. Now we're, I still mm -hmm. think he's going to end up, I think he's going to end up staying with the bulls. They're going to give him the max because the only team that can give him the max. And, and look, I, I think again, I think they're going to wait and see what he does before we even, you know, go into anything else, but it's going to be very interesting though to see what, what happens here because, I'm sure there's going to be another team by the time we come back on Friday. I'm sure there's going to be another team that's going to come out of the woodwork and say, "Hey, you know, hey, you know what? We want Levine too." So it's just like, come on now. At this point, it's just, I'm, just, I'm just sick of it. Yeah, I'm sick of it too, Lakina. I know we had to report it because it's news. But Zach Levine uh, asked management to do what they had to do to put a competitive team around him. They did that with Lonzo Ball, Demar Derozan, as I mentioned. They added Vooch at the trade deadline last year, so. 
you saw what this team did this past season, which they had the potential of doing great things if they stay healthy. And if this management can make another move, which I think they will, what move will that be? Who knows? But funny things usually happen in the NBA during free agency. We know this is not a great free agency class this summer outside of Zach Levine. But as I said before, and I'll say it again, the Bulls have to sign Zach Levine, especially to the maximum deal, because it's going to show you that the Bulls are serious mm-hmm. of being a competitive team, not just a competitive team, but taking that next step to becoming a championship uh, competitive team. And it'll attract future free agents to come to Chicago, which they had a, a bad reputation of for a long time. Yeah, I think that's sort of the thing. And I'm sure they'll do the right thing. I can't ever say, like you said, bad guys move in silence, as they say. So I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not worried about them not getting, you know, such and such or you know, whoever. But at this point, I, I think I just want to, it'll probably be a, a while before we get a final decision from Zach. So I'm, I'm thinking that, okay, you know, look, more, one team wants to, another team wants to come out and say they want to sign me, fine. And considering who his agent is, I, I think they'll probably say, you know what, just let it kind of breathe a little bit. I know Casey Johnson said that it's not a slam from you know NBC Sports Chicago. I know that it's not that he's saying that it's not a slam dunk that Zach will come back to the Bulls. But I mean, oh, okay, you know, look, I'm sure let him enjoy free agency. He's got he's earned mm-hmm. the right to do it. So I think people need to just sort of you know chill and just let let the process. I know. And I'm not saying trust the process, but I think just let the process play out. <laughs> yeah, we have one city that's going through that right now in Philadelphia. Right now, the process is not good in terms of winning rings. So uh, we'll see how it with the Zach Levine saga. We'll keep you posted right here on Second City Sports for any uh, further developments uh, there. Our number one in the books, our number two straight ahead as you're listening to a Monday, all new Monday edition of Second City Sports live in the Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. Next hour, we'll have Lakina's PGA Tour review. Also, we'll get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Action is heating up both on and off the ice. We'll explain. And we'll have a whole lot more. Plus, we'll have a tribute as we do Old School TV Monday. We'll pay a tribute to this TV TV show that helped revolutionize a network. We'll give you the answer to what and who and what that is after this. You're listening to Sports Zone. Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109, the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. 
So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're picking up our number two, real live in living color, right here on Sports Old Chicago, along with Miss McKinney, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keaton McGee on the Twitter and at Keaton Scorpion on the IG. We have less than 60 minutes left of this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments uh, during our last hour of the show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, hour number two kicks off with our uh, Stanley Cup playoffs update. Lakina, I wish we were in the studio to uh, blast up that ESPN hockey music. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's review uh, the uh, action that took place over the weekend. We'll start with Saturday's lone game in the Western Conference second round. Between uh, This game took place in St. Louis between the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche won game three by the score of 5-2 to two to take a 2-1 to one, uh, series lead. Uh, not, uh, uh, Nazim Kadri. Uh, who scored one of the goals for Colorado uh, uh, with incidental contact to uh, Blues goalie Jordan Bennington, who won the Stanley Cup for them in 2019. He's out with the injury for the remainder of the playoffs. There's been some death rest sent to um, Mr. Um, Kadri's uh, uh, room uh, after that. Uh, we yeah. know, we all know that that uh, is physical at this time of year, unfortunately, free accidents and injuries take place, especially on the ice in the game of hockey, but sending death threats to the opposing player, uh, that that's inexcusable. You have the right to boo and cheer and within the white lines, no pun intended, but, uh, using racist terms and sending death threats. And that that's just uncalled for period. Yeah, I saw that injury. There was no nothing malicious about that in exactly. injury. I mean, it was just look as like you said, it gets physical during uh, the playoffs, especially, especially in the NHL. And, Look, you know, guys, just so happens that unfortunately Puzzle got hers. So, mm-hmm. you know, to say that, you know, call, I think they call them also too, like a racial slurs as well. It, it, it's sort of one of those days where they, people just need to kind of just chill out and, and the whatnot. And in that game, I, I, I feel, well, in that game yesterday, I kind of feel like this could be the turning point of this series. But again, we'll see what happens tonight. So it'll get very interesting this. This series, I think this series just got – it was an interesting series even beforehand, but it got even more interesting after that or mm-hmm. injury. So I, I think yeah, look, I think tonight's game is pivotal for the Blues because they got to get back into it because if not, the Avs are going to get kick back control of the series. 
Do you think the Blues will do anything in terms of retaliation or just should they just focus on playing a full 60-minute game? Because doing something in a retaliation fashion, it's just going to make the situation even worse. Like I said, the hit wasn't malicious at all. It was not. I hope the Blues players understand that just take whatever internal feelings they have and just use it to a positive light to play better uh, in game four because they got outplayed, especially after they hit on Saturday. It did, and they got look, they got bone rush. They, you know, the were to pull away after that, after that yeah. hit. So, you know, I think the Blues need to kind of just look, if you want to send a message, you know, a little bit, you know, give them a couple of four rounds to the glass, fine. But after that, you know, I would say just leave it alone and just play your game because you got to – this is a pivotal game four for you. It's a must-win, so – Get back into the, you know, the get your mind back into it and just try to perhaps you know try to even the series. All right, we had three games on Sunday yesterday. Let's go through them, Lakina. The first game in the Eastern Conference second round, the Tampa Bay Lightning. It looks like they're on their way back to the Eastern Conference finals. They have a three games to none series lead over their state rival Florida Panthers. Have their five one win yesterday, Lakina. I thought that the Panthers would be competitive in this series. Uh, they let me down. So uh, mm. <laughs> uh, coming up on Tuesday, uh, game four will be pivotal for them, obviously, because they're down 3-0. But Tampa is showing you that they're the better team. Well, they'll show you why they're, you know, they're two-time, they're two-time champs, you know, back-to-back champs, mm-hmm. they're current, you know, back-to-back champions. That That's that's what you're seeing right now. And I said this earlier, look, the experience. Stan Coast has looked really good. Um, Nick Paul, um, you know, looked really good as as well. Kucherov had a goal on sunday um yesterday i should say so yeah it, it's sort of look i think the lightning is telling you is showing you what that they're the class of the you know, the nhl they're the class of you know right now what everything is you know going on with everything but yeah it, it's going to be very interesting to see can the panthers bounce back because if not they're gonna you look they, they have to because if not i mean they're going to be going to the golf course so more you know guys need to step up drew this is your first road we haven't seen him much uh so far uh reinhardt needs to step up he had a goal um on on you know yesterday he was that was the lone goal that they get the panthers had but they could do he could do more so let's sort of let's try to if you're the panthers you'll try to be aggressive you know it's one of those it was one of those cases where the panthers you know jumped early and you know didn't really look back so if you're the panthers you better like they should say they did jumped on the Panthers early and didn't look Mm -hmm. back so if you're the panthers you better try and get that quick start because if not you're going to be going home now, I think this is a perfect time for Sergey Grabowski to seal a game for the Panthers. You, this, you think it'll be this perfect time. You're down 3-0. You haven't looked great in this series. So you think it's a perfect time to uh, take the team on your back from the goalie position. But we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Uh, second game, uh, sorry, the third game of the Hurricanes Rangers series took place, yes, took place yesterday from MSG. After being shut out on home ice on Friday, and getting booed mercilessly by the New York fans. Uh, the Rangers bounced back with a 3-1 win, and now they trail that best of series series two games to one to Carolina. The Rangers finally put some goals on the board. Let's see if you can do that consistently. That's been your problem all year. Yeah, uh, Chris Crowder <laughs> and, and, and Mika Zim, Zim, Zibajad uh, score, each scored a goal, and they're actually 3-0. The Rangers are when they score, so maybe they need to step up a little bit more. The Hurricanes, on the, on the, on the other hand, are, are now 0-4 with a 10, minus 10 goal differential on the road. So that's not – they haven't played very well on the road this, you know, this mm-hmm. these playoffs. So I think that's going to be the thing, especially with Game 5 come, you know, Game 4, I should say, coming up tomorrow in New York. So it's going to be very interesting, and you know, we'll see if the Hurricanes can – bounce back i know ronta had a couple of you know, he had three saves in total but 
just really couldn't, you know, get you know back into it. Um, sort of you know, the Rangers need to kind of just keep it going and try to maybe, maybe perhaps, you know, get a, they scored an early goal and such, and just just try and kind of get back into the the, the, the swing as so well that way you can even the series. In the last game that took place yesterday, going back to the Western Conference second round matchup. After the Calgary Flames' uh, 9-6 victory in Game 1, they haven't won a game since. The Edmonton Oilers have won the last two games. They won on Friday uh, in Calgary. And, of course, uh, they brought it back to Game 3, which took place in Edmonton yesterday. Edmonton wins it by the score of 4-1 to to take a 2-1 series lead in that one. Lakina, uh, the big stars for the Flames haven't stepped up yet. Well, after game one, the Oilers say, let's, we got to wake up, and they have taken it full advantage. Daryl Sutter, the head coach of the Flames, you got work to do, my friend. Yeah, they have not, you know, they've been struggling offensively since, uh, you know, beating the, the Oilers 9-6 in that opener. But uh, look, Evander Kane had, uh, had a hat trick. He now has two hat tricks this postseason. He's the first Oilers player with multiple hat tricks in a single postseason. Yuri Curry and the other guy, Wayne Gretzky, both in 1985, you know, when, we're both feeling Oilers. old right now. <laughs> I know, yeah. Both of yeah, when the Oilers won that cup, we were part of that little dynasty they had there back in the early to mid-80s. But, you know, it, it's sort of, I think, look, I think the Oilers made those adjustments, you know, after that 9-6 loss, and they've been able to kind of, they've been bouncing back since. And I and I feel like, you know, the, 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 the Flames, you know, their guys need to step up a little bit more. Kachuk needs to step up. Goudreau needs to step up. They, you know, we haven't really heard too much from any of the, those guys. And, look, I, I get it. You know, they're, Look, I look. You know, Markstrom had 34 saves, but he was pulled. I guess because he got banged up. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You know that the, they need to step up offense. They need to be more aggressive on the defensive side. Try to you know tame Kane and you know tame McDavid, and try to maybe force the other guys to step up. But you guys also need to step up as well if you're the Calgary Flames. So I, I would say, like you know, what try to look if they don't step up tomorrow. It's gonna be, yeah, they're yeah, they're gonna be, you know, in a deeper hole of talking about the flames and they might not be able to get out of it. Yeah, it's I don't think the series is over for Calgary, but I think they should use uh, what happened last night as a wake up call. So like I said, head coach Jared Suda has a lot of work to do for his young Calgary Flames squad. Lakina, let's take a look at this head of the schedule for this upcoming week in the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight. Both the games can be seen on TNT starting at 6 o'clock with Game 4 of the Eastern Conference second round between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, this game will, will, will take place in Emily Arena in Tampa, Florida. Of course, Tampa leads that series three games to none. At 8.30 on TNT is Game 4 between the Blues and the Avalanche in that rest of the conference second round. Colorado re- uh, leads that series two games to one. What happens tonight in both games? I think if you're the Lightning, you better try and you know do what you've been doing the last couple of games. You know, jump on that you know a quick start and then just mm-hmm. you know try to pounce early and then maybe you know take the will out of the Panthers. If you're Colorado and St. Louis, is, hopefully there are no punches thrown. I think that's the best that you can hope for mm-hmm. in that sense because there might be some punches thrown you know, during that game. And I think if you're the Blues, you need to kind of just concentrate on trying to even the series with the Avs. You don't want to be into bigger, you know, even bigger hole than you are right now. So I would say just try to, you know, be aggressive, you know, be smart, and like I said, just try and just do what you can and try to get this back into this series. I will go with the home teams for this one tonight. I'm going with Tampa Bay to finish off Florida, and I'm gonna take a chance of going with the Blues over the Avalanche. I, I did have Colorado winning this series; they should win this in five. But I said, don't be surprised if this goes six. So St. Louis, this is their best opportunity to win tonight. If they don't, this series will be over in a hurry. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so tomorrow, scheduled Tuesday, both games can be seen on ESPN starting at six o'clock. Uh, the first game will be uh, the Hurricanes Rangers series in the Eastern Conference. Of course, we game four. Uh, they'll be in Madison Square Garden. And the, and the Rangers trail that series two games to one to Carolina, followed by the Flames and the Oilers in the Western Conference second round. Of course, Edmonton leads that series two games to one. That game can be seen on ESPN at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, yeah, I think the Rangers will you know, find a way to get back into the series and even the series. I think they were able to – hopefully they can keep the same game plan. Like I said, the Hurricanes have not played well. They've given up a lot of goals on the, goals on the road. So I think the Rangers are going to try to take advantage of that and perhaps that will be one of the reasons why they, I mean, they even this series. In Wednesday schedule, Tampa Bay and Florida game five if necessary. But one game will for sure we know that's going to take place on Wednesday. That's They'll be on TNT. Time to be determined. That's game five of the Blues Avalanche Series in the Western Conference uh, second round. And of course, on Thursday, uh, game five between the Rangers and the Hurricanes will go back to Carolina. That's at 6 o'clock on ESPN. And at 8.30 on ESPN on Thursday, Oilers and Flames game five from Calgary. And that's your schedule for the NHL Santa Cup playoffs for this upcoming week. I think the I think the Flames will be going back to Calgary tied with them. I think. I think so too. I, yeah, I, really... I just don't. Yeah, I just don't think it that. Yeah, I just don't think the, the Flames have been too good this year, and they I know they've been wanting the top seed, so I think they're gonna do what they can and try to kind of you know be more aggressive, you know, in the center and just try and maybe perhaps you know mm-hmm. even the series up with the Oilers. I think that's what that is what's gonna happen. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports, all new Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in, in living color. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, uh, we had a new winner in the PGA Championship yesterday. We had a couple blown leads. Tiger Woods pulled out of action uh, late on Saturday. Uh, give us your review of the tournament. Yeah, the PGA Championship uh, took place in Southern Hills um, in Tulsa. Uh, Justin Thomas uh, wins again. This is his second uh, PGA uh, champion, PGA championship. Of course, he won in 2017. He came from seven shots back. Um, that's actually tied for the third largest comeback in any major championship. Of course, you know, Paul Laurie, you know, he was down 10 in the 99 open, open. We all, for all you golf fans, you guys remember what happened, you know, John Vanderbilt, you know, went down to the skimmies and, he had a tennis shot. You know, it was a long story. More people remember that than you know Paul Lauer, who ended up winning the tournament. Also, you know, also Jack Bird Jr., who was eight shots down, yeah, going back to nineteen fifty six in the Masters. So he he was eight shots back. So they're only you know they you know they have those are their top two in that sense. Now Mito Pereira from Chile, um, he had like a like a five shot lead. Yeah, he, he was a third player over the last twenty years to double bogey the seventy second hole in a major and finish one shot out of the playoff. He joins, unfortunately, he joins uh, Phil Mickelson and Colin Montgomery, who did in the 06 U.S. Open, if you guys remember that. They both doubled the final hole, of course. They ended up finishing one shot behind, of course, the, the, the eventual winner, Jeff Ogilvie. So about that's about $800,000. That's a, that's a big difference between where uh, Pereira finished, he ended up finishing third, and Justin Thomas. $1.3 million. Mm-hmm. About about two million dollars. That's the difference between first and second. He and uh, Thomas, he and Will Zalatoris had a really good playoff. You know, aggregate scoring three holes. You know, Justin Thomas made the shots to win and, and such. And but if you're, I think another guy that's probably uh, kicking himself right now is um, 
is uh Cameron Young. Um, he was actually he was like closest behind. He was actually even further, you know, for, further in front of Thomas. But he, uh, I believe, double bogey the sixteenth. Yeah, he finished four back. Yeah, he would have won the tournament had he had you know parred that. So that you know, if he had not double bogey that he would have ended up winning the tournament. So I know he's probably kicking himself right now as well. Now, as far as Tiger's concerned, unfortunately. Yeah, you could kind of tell. I saw uh, I saw a little bit of his round on Saturday. You could tell he wasn't one hundred percent. He wasn't himself, and that knee is still bothering him. And I'm surprised that he tried to uh, tried to play on that knee. We we talked about with our girl uh, Christine Manica. I think she said the same thing. Like, why you know did Tiger try mm-hmm. to play? I know St. Andrews really what he's trying to what he's going for in you know the next couple of months. So maybe he should just maybe you know take a. I was going to ask you, should he just rest up before the in the next big tournament? I think he should. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I kind of express uh, what I was trying to say on Friday. He shouldn't have been playing. I, I don't want to tell another grown man what to do, but uh, it, was, it would be in his best interest for Tiger Woods not to uh, compete. We all know that he's a competitor. He, he's a, a committed guy. He likes to finish things out. But like I said, he's not fully recovered from that knee injury. He's not. Like I said, just take the time and rest before the next bit tournament, like you said, in a couple months. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see if, you know, if, how it is because you can tell you can tell too i'm sure i'm sure you saw stuff i know others you guys probably saw it too that he you know he did not look good i mean he you know he swung the ball and yet we could tell he was wincing in pain so it yeah. was hard to see so yeah i can understand why he decided to you know to uh, withdraw from the rest of the championship but yeah he had no business playing that yeah so hopefully tiger can get well for uh, for the next big tournament coming up in a couple of months. Uh, you're listening to Second City Sports on SportsZone Chicago. See Lakina here with you. Lakina, we have uh, uh, some news from the NFL. As we always say, the NFL is a 12-month 12, 12 sport. And this weekend, they didn't disappoint. This news just came out a few moments ago. Uh, the NFL uh, debuted Hard Knocks in season last year with the Indianapolis Colts, which that team failed to make the playoffs, which mm-hmm. uh, missed changes. Carson Wentz is, is in Washington. Matt Eberflus is our new coach for the Chicago Bears. And the Hard Knocks in season, the team for this year will be, if you hear that drum roll, the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, that Arizona Cardinals that's suspended for 60 games as of now. DeAndre Hawkins and the unhappy quarterback Kyler Murray. Yes, that team We'll get your full attention for the uh, for the second season of Hard Knocks in season. Last year saw the first ever in season edition of HBO slash NFL Films Hard Knocks, focusing on the Indianapolis Colts. That was in addition to the typical preseason Hard Knocks on the Dallas Cowboys. You know, this year Hard Knocks for training camp will go to Detroit to focus in on Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. The in season version brought some interesting behind the scenes look at the Colts from the preparations from their monsoon game against the 49ers to how ha- head coach Frank Ryan found out about uh, Quentin Nelson being placed on uh, COVID protocols to off the field angles like Darius Leonard's work on his daughter's hair. Mm-hmm. It even drew some attention from other NFL coaches with the New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick saying his staff used it to scout the Colts, even though the Patriots lost that game late in the season, as you well know. HBO and the NFL Films announced Monday that the in-season show will be back for this fall, in addition to the normal preseason uh, the, the schedule this summer, as we mentioned about the Detroit Lions. They'll be covering the Arizona Cardinals. And just going through this statement here, uh, the Cardinals are no strangers to, uh, to uh, documentary con- programming covering their seasons. Uh, it says here, uh, uh, 
All or Nothing, which was their first feature from Amazon way back in 2016, which uh, which covered the 2015 season. Of course, that team lost in the NFC title game to the uh, Carolina Panthers. However, there's a significant difference in timing. All or Nothing aired after the season, while this uh, program this time will be aired uh, during the season. Lakina, do you like your teams uh, being more covered from an insider's perspective, or do you think the NFL films are doing too much? Oh, I think it depends on how you look at it, right? I mean, look what happened last year with the Colts. They were right there making the playoffs, and they ended up, you know, not making the playoffs. I know that I, I saw what uh, uh, Coach Belichick said, that he they kind of used that as sort of, you know, a scouting thing. Where they actually ended up losing that game, so it really didn't do them mm -hmm. too much good. Now, if you're if you're a coach, would you want your team to be kind of filmed, you know, doing the hard dogs thing in the middle of the season? I, I don't know if you want that, especially if you're on, kind of like on the cusp of, going to the playoffs. So I don't know if you want that. So, but again, we'll see where Arizona is by that point. I mean, it's going to air in November. So, you know, DeAndre Hopkins should be back from his suspension by mm -hmm. then. So like I said, we'll, we'll see where they are. They're kind of still right there in the, you know, in the, in the cusp for the uh, NFC West, but they wish they should be, I think, okay, you know, let's see if it doesn't become a distraction and whatnot. Like I said, this isn't, this is like the pre, you know, this is like preseason, like they're doing with the Lions. This is going to be in season. So, it's going to be very interesting to see what what this does because if they end up making the playoffs and this doesn't end up becoming a distraction, then I'm sure more teams would be, I don't want to say willing, but they might think about doing that. Now, if they end up not making the playoffs or if they're not having a good start, they may not, you may not want to see, you know, Carlson may not want to see their team there. But yeah, again, it's not to, it'll have to depend on what happens. And if you're a, a former NFL player in former Baltimore Ravens GM, uh, Ozzy Newsome uh, said it best. It's hard to win in this league with no distractions. Now you have added elements on with extra cameras in your locker room and, and in the film room. Uh, that could distract some people, but you still had to go out and do your job. I want to ask our uh, viewers and listeners out there on Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Do you like to see your favorite team featured on Howard Knox, whether it's the in-season version or the uh, preseason version. Uh, uh, put your comments in the comments section. Uh, Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Shout out to our guy, Nomad. Nice to see you back in the chat room, my man. He says, uh, TMI locker rooms should be off limits. You would think because the locker room is a sacred place for players. I know many players don't like to have their personal space invaded, in which is within their right. But uh, Lakina, as we talked about this before, uh, the way we used to get our contents, they call it now, do just the TV and radio, newspaper, and magazines. Uh, those are no longer options. People want to need more options. I think this is the way for NFL films and all these networks that are involved with the NFL to create more content. The more eyeballs are on these programs, the more money they get, and the more money they get, the more of these programs will come along. It's all, and that's what it really is it's all about money at this point. And I think, mm -hmm. look, you know, the ratings, you know, the Colts, when they did it in season, it, it rated well last year. So, of course, they're going to do it again. So, but yeah, I mean, I know, I understand what no man's saying that it's a sacred place. You know, they got the limited access and such, but look, sometimes some guys, you know, may, may not mind it, especially if you're going through some things, you know, during the, during the season, you don't know what these coaches are mm -hmm. going through and some of the players are going through. So, like I said, it's all going to depend on where the, the Cardinals are by this point. Like I said, if they're still right there, you may not want that distraction or even if they're, you know, they're have underachieved, you may still not want that distraction. So I think it's going to definitely gonna depend on, what what's gonna what's going on with them as up to that point, you know, when they get to that that part of the season in November. 
Now, there's been a bunch of teams, mostly the popular teams that have not been featured on uh, Hard Knocks yet. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the New York uh, Giants, I believe, and the Jets as well. Of course, the Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have been, been on there twice for sure. I think maybe even three times, but twice for sure. Cincinnati back in the day with at the end of the chat, Ocho Cinco era. Uh, but there's a bunch of popular teams that haven't been featured on that program. Would you like to see your team being featured on that program? Let us know uh, on Sports Old Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Old Chicago U- on YouTube. Lakina, I would like to see the Bears at some point being featured on Hard Knocks because they're the charter franchise in the NFL, and there's Bear fans all over the country. And we have Chicago transplants all over this uh, the United States and abroad. And so I would like to see the Bears featured on there. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I think, look, there are a lot of you know, great teams that you like to see probably perhaps maybe featured in some type of hard knocks capacity. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Baltimore. I mean, Buffalo especially. especially yeah, after... Baltimore was the first one following their Super Bowl year in 01. Yeah, and um, I know Buffalo with everything that hap- that's been happening there. Um, Miami might be an interesting one too. You know, two another new, you got a new coaching staff there. Um, you know, Jacksonville might be interesting too. I mean, you know, they've had made some good moves. Some people said they might actually be good this year with all the moves they've made. Um, New Orleans, see what they go through. I know, Aaron, I know people will like love to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. That should be, a, yeah, <laughs> that'd be an interesting one too. Uh, Kansas City, uh, but I don't think Andy Reid probably would want that. So <laughs> maybe not. Uh, Denver, which has been a very intriguing. You know, now we got Russell Wilson there mm-hmm. and such. Uh, who else? Uh, Cleveland, with all the stuff that's been happening there. Uh, I think they were featured a couple years ago. They mm-hmm. were, they were, uh, Cincy. That might be an interesting one, too. Uh, Minnesota, I know they just got a whole new uh, regime, so they may not be ready for that. Like the Bears, they may not be ready for that kind of uh, access yet. Uh, Tampa, although I'm sure as long as Tom Brady's playing there, that might not happen. Uh, you know, Seattle, we'll see what stuff they're going through. Uh, the Rams, you know, all the, the weirdness in the Rams there. So they were featured back in um, 20, I forgot, 2017, I want to say, or 2018. I had to look it up, but they were featured not too long ago. But yeah, but still, I'm sure they still people mm-hmm. want to see, you know, that there, especially since they've won the Super Bowl. That'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Washington, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would love to see Washington, especially all this stuff. Again, all this has been going on there. No, mm-hmm. man, I understand what you're saying. You know, his college locker room, you know, can hardly match how bad it is in the NFL. Yeah, it could, yeah, mm-hmm. it could be a pain. You know, especially yeah. if they're answering, if they ask you some of the same questions and such. Yeah, it could be a pain having the reporters there. And I know some reporters are just trying to kind of, you know, pluck you to, you know, get, you know, to have a headline and a sound bite, especially nowadays. So I can understand what no man, I'm sure other, other, you know, players and coaches probably feel the same way about not wanting to, uh, you know, not wanting to have to, you know, have to deal with reporters yeah. and such on the regular. But again, it's sort of one of those things where you'd be interested to see what, you know, what happens. And like I said, this, this Arizona, especially, well, like I said, it's going to all depend on where they're at at that point mm-hmm. by the time this airs. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. I might check it out. Yeah. Uh, I know we run over against it, Lakina, but uh, just a couple of other teams. Would you like to see Miami this year, especially now with Tua Tonkovalova, the pressure's on him. Now you have a new uh, target in Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that would be interesting, though. I, I think that would be an interesting. Um, that would be pretty interesting. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh I was going to say New England, but the NFL Films did that with Belichick, I think, a decade ago. So yeah. I'm, uh, they're not going to touch New England, so you can leave them out of it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We covered the uh, the, the North, uh, AFC North. Like I said, Baltimore, they were the first team 20-plus uh, years ago. Uh, uh, behind the scenes, uh, Lamar Jackson wouldn't be too bad. He's one of the most popular and polarizing players in the league, so I wouldn't mind seeing Baltimore this go around. 
Yeah, and I yeah, I think who else? Uh, like <laughs> Shout out to our guy Nomad once again. It ain't pretty, it ain't with, pretty two with two buttons. They can do break out to a fight. <laughs> well, look, it might, some people might find it entertaining, Nomad. I don't know what else. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's gonna be very interesting though, to see, especially like I said, when they what at one point will, especially with everything that's been happening with the with the Cardinals and such, you know, a lot of pressure gonna be on them this year, especially. So, you know, Kyler's not happy. You got DeAndre Hopkins going to be suspended for the first. Like, but like I said, he should be back by the time, you know, that comes. But, uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting, though. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, so we got to take a really quick break. Again, we'll have more NFL stuff. Nick Foles has found a new home. You know, reunite with an old coach. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, also, some other things going on, too. Also, the French Open is starting right now. I actually did not realize that until I heard uh, Chris Fowler uh, tweeted out uh, yesterday. But, uh. Yeah, we'll have we'll we'll talk a little about that. Also, too, we're gonna uh, date, uh, play a tribute to a uh, a groundbreaking TV series. Oh, nobody <laughs> said it's not okay. Uh, no, I'm sure it isn't pretty. But uh, with that said, though, this is second season sports on Sports Chicago. We'll see you on the other side of this break. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the all-new Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss LaKim McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG SCK80. Once again, SCK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny McGee on the IG. 
We have exactly less than a half hour left in the show for today. If you have any questions or comments during any of our topics throughout today's show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you as we continue our NFL talk. Lakina teased us uh, going into the break. Nick Foles, now former Chicago Beer QB, he has a new home. Tell us more about it, Miss Lakina. Yes, I can. Uh, this is according to Mike Garofalo. This was about a couple of hours ago. He has agreed to terms with the Colts. He's agreed on a, a two-year deal. Of course, as you guys know, uh, Frank Reich was his QB coach when they the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So now he's officially uh, Matt Ryan's backup. So I'm not surprised by this. I know they tried to do this trade, I think, last year. But I guess, I don't know if it was terms or you know, whatever, but... You know, they were able to, you know, the Foles got what he what he really wanted was to reunite with his with his uh, his guy, Frank Wright. So I think this is a good move for the Colts, especially if, you know, if Ryan, you know, is not productive, which he shouldn't. I think mean, he should be. He's going to be in a controlled environment like he was in Atlanta. But, you know, knock on wood, you know, if Ryan gets hurt, you got mm-hmm. a very proven and formidable uh, number two. And let's be honest, that the quarterback play was sort of the thing that kind of, you know, that bit the Colts in the butt last year, if you know what I yeah. mean. So I think have now they've got two solid uh, QBs, veteran QBs, and they've got like a great uh, tandem of playmakers there with the Colts. So mm-hmm. it definitely should help them and no doubt about it. Like you said, Frank Reich is a very good coach. And you mentioned uh, Carson Wentz uh, not uh, having that confidence. He was still balancing some injuries of the stemming through the preseason last year. And that's why they uh, the Colts were out of the playoffs. Remember, Frank Wright came in the same time as Matt Nagy, the former Bears head coach, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, and back in 2018, uh, he came off that mess with Andrew Luck that the Colts had to deal with, and they made it to the playoffs his first couple of years as head coach. So Frank Wright is a very good head coach, and let's see if he, he can uh, get it right with Matt Ryan at the helm, I, which I believe they will. Yeah, I think they will, too. I think they'll be able to figure that out. And uh, this came – this news came uh, across the wires, kind of like under the weight radar a little bit with everything going on with uh, with uh, the playoffs and also with the PGA Championship going on. But the Browns have reached uh, an agreement uh, did with Jay and Clyde to, you know, on a one-year extension, $11 million for one year. He had nine sacks and two forced fumbles for the Browns last season. You know, he and Garrett, Miles Garrett, have been a really solid tandem on the defensive side for the Browns. So what do you think about this deal with Clowney? Uh, Clowney is uh, is a respectable player. He had a respectable year. So uh, the Browns wanted his services. So congratulations to him and the Browns. The Browns are going to need it because you have new quarterback at Deshaun Watson. And uh, whenever he plays, when it, after the sixth week or the eighth week of the season, we still don't know if he's going to even be suspended by the NFL. But with that being said, back to Clowney. Uh, Cleveland, they need a strong defense, especially if they're going to put up some points like people expect mm-hmm. with Deshaun Watson at the helm. You need a good defense to hold uh, down the four uh, against the opposition. So it's a good move by the Browns. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, more depth, I think that's sort of been a thing. You're going to need a def- your defense to kind of pick up the slack, especially if in case Watson you know, is suspended for a long period of time. So that's definitely one of those things where I think they had to lock Clowney down in order to kind of make sure they have mm-hmm. they have that depth there. So yeah. okay, yeah. Okay. Go back to our guy Nomad. He says uh, um, on uh, YouTube, he says Foles is a good QB. I don't know why people gave him so much grief here. Well, I would say I would 
wouldn't say that they have grief. I think they they just they just didn't use them. That stuff was probably the problem. And like I said, our girl Christine uh, from KXRB, Christine Manica, she said that look, I think Foles should have been out there more, especially since it was kind of you know the turn that Fields wasn't ready and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you know, look, I think. I'm sure he's going to want to prove a lot of people wrong. I don't think it's that he got a lot of grievances that they didn't use him. I think that was really the problem. Yeah, we know Matt Nagy was forcing Nick Foles down Trubisky's throw, and then that whole situation turned out to blow, blow up in his face. And, of course, last year with uh, Justin Fields, uh, it was ugly. Speaking of uh, getting ugly, if you want to say, Lakina, there was a new article that came out on a Bleacher Report regarding the uh, old Bears regime and Justin Fields for over the weekend, and I have a couple of quotes courtesy uh, of Eric um, Eric Lambert from Sports Mockery. And this is quoting the article from the Bleacher Report over the weekend. This is quoting Justin Fields' first quote. I'm more comfortable this year, he said. I'm kind of know what's coming and know what to expect. Uh, me not knowing if I'm going to be the leader or, or, of the team or not. Last year compared to this year means a, a whole different mindset. Just comfortably and knowing that I'm going to be the guy and that this is my team. This is my team is definitely a different mindset as I try to be a leader for everybody on the team. What do you think about that first quote? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, it's sort of one of those things where I think, I think we all agree that Nagy only agreed to have Justin Fields drive it because, you know, Trubisky didn't work. And mm-hmm. we all saw what happened after that. You know, he refused to meet you know, up with Trubisky during the offseason and such when he first got the job and yada, yada, yada. Now, yeah. as far as fields, he just didn't he just didn't have the players around him. And they just the personnel just wasn't there. And so we'll see with a new regime and, you know, new players. It's going to be very interesting to see if he how he looks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the, the million dollar question. You got you're going to have a lot of new faces. So we'll see. In a second, big quote from the article over the weekend um, from Justin Fields, being a coach on the field, he said when asked about the biggest individual goal of the offseason, of course, we have a, a new offense this year. And the only person who really knows the whole offense is the offensive coordinator. Even the coaches are learning the offense. Just being a coach on the field and being able to control everything and have everything going on smoothly out there, end quote. As you say, Lakina, that's going to be the key. Uh, I think uh, everybody's asking, what's going to be the identity of this Bears offense? I, I believe it's going to be, as of right now, running the football because Justin Fields doesn't have the weapons that he needs right now. Now, because some of them develop throughout the year, depends on where the Bears are record-wise. Yes, but right now I believe the Bears' identity is running the football and let Fields take over from now. You don't want to put everything on Justin Fields just yet. You you got to see how he develops. Last year we saw it in flashes, but we all know that he still has a long way to go. I think he's still going to be good here, but it's still going to take some more time. Well, yeah, I think it's going to take a while for the offense, especially since you know now that he still doesn't know the offense yet, but he's got time and they're doing OTAs right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to the second week of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, they're going on right now. And I, and I feel like this is going to be like one of those things where this is sort of the time where are, are, is he going to have to spend some extra time with the new OC and see if they can you know get to mesh well with that offense. And it looks like it's going to be kind of like a run heavy offense. So you may see, uh, you know, more David Montgomery. He's going to be featured more. I know mm-hmm. the tight end is going to be another thing too. Um, I, I see no mess. I keep, I keep telling all the panicky fans that our wide receiver is very room is very talented. Well, I mean, let, let's, let, let's just wait on that until we can actually see how they look at, especially in this new office, in this new regime. 
So, you know, the new, the sort of like the way this is, you know, the style of this offense could be more, we'll see more Cole Komet. We'll probably see more David Montgomery mm-hmm. and some of the other running backs. Kalia Herbert too. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be one of those things where you're going to be like, okay, how is this going to sort of play out? Especially since, you know, this is going to be kind of interesting how this sort of, you know, this offense sort of, you know, is, is played well against when other teams especially start figuring it out. The problem with the last regime is that they figured it out pretty quick. So it'll be interested to see what happens there. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, all new edition for Monday. Sid Lakina here with you. Uh, let's go back to the basketball world it's just for just a moment, Lakina. Your boy Stephen A. Smith um, making his presence felt again for ESPN. I don't know if you caught this before uh, Saturday's game three between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. He entered uh, with the bravado. That he said, in quote, I'm averaging much more than that for ESPN and Walt Disney. Of course, Stephen A. Smith is working on the pre and post game shows for the NBA countdown on ESPN with Mike Greenberg, Michael Will Bonds, Chicago's very own, and Jalen Rose. Stephen A. Smith entered Boston's TD Bank Garden for the Eastern Conference Finals like an absolute su- superstar, properly reminding everyone he's the MVP of ESPN. NBA players have transformed the arena interest into somewhat of a fashion show in recent years, garnering attention from camera operators as they embark on a short walk from the parking lot to the tunnel. Prior to game three, uh, fitted suit, black shirt, and tie, keep, and keeping his sunglasses on the inside dark courier of the TD Bank North Guard before giving Michael Wilbaugh a finger point, Smith offered more swagger than any other sports uh, media member. And the clip went viral, generating more than 3 million views and thousands of comments, including one fan who joked he's walking around like he's been averaged at 32.9, uh, 32.9 and 6 in this series. Smith didn't argue the point, but quoted his tweet uh, the fan to defend his threat. Lakina, uh, love him or hate him, but uh, being paid between 10 and $12 million a year for a network that's, that's saying that you're the face of it, he can basically do whatever he wants. <laughs> Okay, whatever. Next topic. Because I, 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 look, I, I, look, I, look, I have nothing against Stephen A. Smith. I mean, look, you, look, you do your swagger. You do, you know, your, you know, your, you know, your thing. And then, hey, look, you know, he's been able to do this for about twenty years now, almost. So, you know, okay, whatever. All I think right. Nomad was uh, sums the uh, best here on our comments page on YouTube. Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. You just said, yeah, you just covered the words right out of my mouth, my Nomad. So, next topic. Going back to the NFL for a second and um i'm sort of i don't know sure if you heard you saw this uh, going back to the bears uh could robert quinn be on the move um apparently i guess various reports are saying that he could perhaps maybe make a return to the rams or maybe dallas should you know maybe perhaps make a pursuit for him i mean there's some you know, they're cleaning a lot of cap room and obviously the bears are mm-hmm. rebuilding you know there are a lot of teams that are interested you know that, that clears up more cap room he was very productive for the bears last year he's one of the good guys in the locker room so what do you think about this? Realistically, what can the Bears get for Robert Quinn? He's 32 years old. I know he had a career year last year with 18 sacks. Uh, I think it's safe to say even if he stays healthy, he's not going to get 18 sacks again. If he gets half of that, there'll be an achievement for him or double digits. There'll be an achievement uh, again for him. But realistically, what can you get for him? You're not going to get a first-round pick. I doubt if you get a high second-round pick for him. They may have to sell if you're the Bears. You may have to sell for maybe a third or a fourth rounder so that you can probably yeah. get him off the books. So I don't know. It's gonna be very interesting to see what what he what this does because you know this this world's been around for a while now. So it's gonna it's gonna be one of those things where I'm I'm just wondering like okay what's gonna be 
it'll be interesting to see what Ryan Poles does because I feel like it's gonna. This is sort of one of those things. The rumor's been going around. The rumor's been up for a while now, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no mess checks in again on our comments page on YouTube. We need veterans. That's true, but you know when you do a rebuild, you do need some veterans, but. It's hard to identify which ones do you need to help uh, those young guys along. So we'll see what happens with that. Lakina, did you say you had some more news before we get to our uh, our old school TV Monday tribute? Yeah, uh, Sam Koch, if you guys don't know the name, I'm sure you probably have seen him on the field. He hasn't really had to do too much. He is the longest tendered uh, Baltimore Raven. He's actually one of the last guys from that uh, team that won in 2011. He's, He's retiring. He, it, it's been sort of, you know, he's been you know, 39. He'll, he'll, he'll still be there with the Ravens as a special teams consultant and a mentor to uh, Jordan Stout, the punter from Penn State, who they, who they drafted. Uh, the Ravens did. And uh, yeah, he's been, look, he's been around a, a, a while. I mean, he's the only active player with a longer current service with his team besides Aaron Rodgers. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And yeah, so you know he's one of those guys that's been around for a minute, and he probably had to do too much <laughs> since he really didn't have to punt, had to punt too much. Uh, Eleven you know, long putts, just still a franchise record. Of course, you know Justin Tucker again. Justin Tucker had a nice little you know rapport as well. Didn't really have to do too much. He was the uh, if you guys remember the highlight of that forty-seven Super Bowl, he he recorded one of the one of the most important safeties. You know that and that you know to win help help them win that Super Bowl over San Fran. So, uh, yeah, and uh, from that 2012, I mean, he and Jimmy Smith, you know, who's not who's unsigned at this point, you know, of course, he got released, um, you know, earlier, earlier in the offseason. They were the only two players that were left from that team. So, you know, it, it's like, of course, you know, Tucker and also Josh, Josh Bynes, who is another one of those other guys that are there from that 20 holdovers from 2011 to that 2012 team, I should say. Of course, you know, they were younger then, but uh. Yeah, so congrats to him and uh, enjoy a, a nice uh, post football career, Mr. Cope. Yeah, congratulations to him. Hopefully, the uh, goes well for him in, in his transition from um, the playing field to off the field. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Hill Chicago, uh, taking you home in these last few minutes on the Monday edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Lakina, I think that this has started to become a tradition on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Every Monday around this time, we'll uh, give a salute to old TV shows. Uh, there are unsung. Hopefully, the guys at TV One are watching and listening. We'll give you some ideas. I know they got unsung Hollywood, but we like to pay tribute to underground uh, TV programs as TV specials that made a difference in the uh, American culture. And this week, yours truly wants to salute Fox's TV's old school comedy show in living color. That's right. That was one of my favorite TV shows growing up. It started in the early 90s. A Living Color is an American sketch comedy television series that originally ran on Fox from April 15th, 1990 to May 19th, 1994. Keenan Ivory Reigns created, wrote, and starred in the program. The show was produced by Ivory Way Productions in association with 20th Century Fox Television. And it was taped at Stage 7 at the Fox Television Center on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, California. The title of the series was inspired by the NBC announcement of broadcast being presented, quote-unquote, in living color during the 1960s prior to mainstream color television. It also refers to the fact that most of the show's cast was black, unlike 
other sketch comedy shows such as Saturday Night Live, whose cats were mostly white at the time. It was controversial due to the Wayans' decision to portray black humor from a raw and uncut perspective. In a time when mainstream American taste regarding black comedy had been set by shows such as The Cosby Show, causing an eventual feud over control between Fox executives and the Wayans. Other members of the Wayans family, Damon, Kim, Sean, and Marlon, had regular roles, while brother Dwayne frequently appeared as an extra. The show also stars several... Uh, previously unknown comedians and actors, including Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey, Tommy Davidson, who's from Chicago, David Allegria, and T. Kia, Crystal Kiamaya. Uh, Kiamaya. I think she's also from Chicago as well. The show introduced Jennifer Lopez and Carrie and Naba as members of the In Living Colors dance troupe, The Fly Girls, with actress Rosie Perez serving as choreographer. For those of you younger folks who, uh, who, uh, wonder why Rossi Perez left Soul Train? This is why. Mm -hmm. The show was immensely popular in its first two seasons, capturing more than 10 points, uh, point Nielsen rating in the third and fourth seasons. The ratings faltered as the Wayne's brothers fell out of out of favor with the Fox Network executives over creating the show and rights of the program. The series won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Variety Musical Comedy Series in 1990. The series gained international promise for its bold move and its all-time high ratings, gained by airing a live special episode as a counter-program for the halftime show of its U.S. leader, CBS's live telecast of the Buffalo and Washington Super Bowl for Minnesota in January 1992. Prior to the NFL to book an A-list, ask for a future game entertainment, starring Michael Jackson the following year. That was the Buffalo-Dallas uh, Super Bowl, the first year from um, from Pasadena, California. In 2018, uh, history of the show, Honey, Don't Play That by David Pesner was released by 37INK, an imprint of Simon & Schuster. Lakina, before we continue, I would just like to say that In Living Color was one of my favorite shows at the time. Uh, it was raw. It was real. And at the time, Saturday Night Live was celebrating their 15th year anniversary because Saturday Night Live got started in 1976, I believe. Mm -hmm. I remember telling people at the time that Living Color was better than, than SNL. Of course, Saturday Night Live is still going on to this day. It's still a 90-minute program. But the things that Living Color were able to do in that ha short half-hour program, it was amazing. I wonder if the Wayne's brothers... Uh, the Wayne's family if uh, had a conversations with Fox to extend that program to an hour because they could have done a, hot, a whole lot more with an hour. Yeah, yeah, they could have. And, you know, the whole thing, that was one of Fox's first big hits, of course, after Married yes. with Children, The Simpsons, you know, Tracy Ullman show, that kind of was his mm -hmm. first 21 Jump thing. Street, Parker yeah, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, Parker Lewis was actually after, uh, after that. But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's sort of one of those you know, shows that definitely, you know, it was groundbreaking, it kind of paved the way for it. You saw a lot of you know folks of color. You saw you know blacks and um, Hispanics and Asians. They had a couple mm -hmm. of Asian comedians on there too. Of course, on the of course, uh, Carrie and I'm on the dance troupe. Uh, no man said it, it was genius. It was genius. Convo will never be duplicated. I mean, Facts. it kind of it kind of paved the way for Mad TV. It's kind of like yes, for take yes. The Kind of like carry the torch for it. It had its moments. You know, Deborah Wilson is one of my favorites. I think she should. They, she should be a subject of Ung Sung too because she, you know, kind of you know definitely you know was sort of the one of the reasons why that show stayed afloat for as long as they did. That that mm -hmm. show. Uh, look, as far as Living Color goes, I remember I you know I was that was actually one of the reasons people forget that was one of the reasons why that super when they aired you know, a live show during that Super Bowl, I actually switched over to that instead of the, the yeah, halftime me too. show. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people. And of course that prompted the NFL to do like acts and whatnot. 
Uh, of course, again, our buddy Nomad said they couldn't hold SNL couldn't hold a candle to live in color. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's probably right about that. You know, they weren't afraid to you know go there with some of the social issues that was that was going on and such. You know, with uh, David Allen Greer and you know, uh, excuse me, Damon Wayans and that Men on uh, segments. Those are one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, Homie the Clown. Of course, nowadays I think people would kind of would have frowned upon yeah. a character like that. <laughs> That probably you probably won't see a character like that in any uh, any sketch comedy shows nowadays. Right, especially with the climate that we're living under today. Is so yeah, they were very groundbreaking from that point. Do I uh, know TV One? I think did this about a year or two ago. They replayed that episode. I don't know if they're still doing the reruns now. But do you remember who was the musical guest on that uh, Super Bowl special? I forgot. Color me bad. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and uh, yes. yeah, it's yeah, it was a sort of they had a big hit too at the time. That's probably why they, they yes they from New Jack route. City. I want to sex you up. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was you mentioned prominent. Yeah, you mentioned prominent skits from the show. Uh, the Homeboy Shopping Network featured Damon and Keenan mm-hmm. as streetwise criminals operating an unlicensed home shopping network style shopping network out of the back of the van to sell stolen goods. This was one of my favorite ones. Fire Marshal Bill. Played oh, by yeah. Jim Carrey as an unhinged, dangerously incompetent fire marshal. Everything burned down except for him. Let yeah. me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was definitely uh, like I said. I think like I said, those sketches probably would not be you know it would not fly in this climate. I just don't think that would happen, especially with the fire marshal bill and also to the stuff that uh, you know selling hot uh, stuff. You know, with <laughs> of course with you know, with uh, with uh, Keenan and uh, Damien, what they did. I mean, yeah. the show. When, when they left, you know, the Wayne started leaving like little by little. Of course, you know, Damon went to go, went on to, you know, to do some movies and such. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other Wayne's uh, family members, you know, left after that. And it was, it, the show just wasn't the same. And I kind of felt like that's one of the reasons why it probably could have stayed, you know, as long. It might still be on. I don't know. I don't know if it would have stayed on as long as SNL. I mean, uh, some people said SNL should, should have been off, went off the air about a few years ago. Yeah, but uh, you know, of course, with Pete Davidson, who's one of the current stars, and some other folks are going to be leaving. Ken Thompson, who was the longest tenure member of SNL, you know, he left a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think that this might be the end for them, but I don't know. But uh, you know, going back to Living Color, uh, I mean, like I said, I mean, a show like that, you know, you wish that a show like that could probably come back, you know, nowadays. But again, you know, with YouTube and with TikTok, I mean, you really don't need to do that. But for what it was, a living cover definitely kind of paved the way for some of that, you know, guys, you know, folks became stars after that. I mean, of course, Jim Carrey saw you know, mm-hmm. his career go up to the stratosphere. Jamie Foxx came on in the third season. Second season, I should yep. say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Carrie Ann Inaba, you know, what she's done, you know, with Dancing with the Stars. And of course, you know, J-Lo, of course, you know, we mm-hmm. know where she's been, you know, consistent, working consistently these last, you know, 20 plus years. So yeah, so a lot of, and look, I mean, the Wayne's family, they're still around. They're still producing shows and such. So it's not like yeah. they haven't, you know, they kind of just disappeared after Living Color ended. But, you know, of course, you know, Tommy Davidson's been working pretty, you know, consistently. Yeah, he just came out with a new book. David yeah. Allegrim is a Tony Award winner, uh, theater actor, which is where he came from yeah, before yeah. he started doing the Living Color. So, exactly. Yeah, so a lot, yeah. Yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of folks have been doing pretty well. I know Tequila, Crystal Kima, I think she is from just outside of Chicago. She, of course, ended up becoming a Raven's mom. I don't know what happened. I don't know why she left the series. That's so Raven, but that's that's kind of like been like the number one question, like a lot of people. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think the In Living Co is sort of one of those shows that, like No Man said, it will probably be, uh, it won't be duplicated. And it probably, you know, a show like that probably would be hard to launch now. But, mm-hmm. you know, but look, for I know they tried worked, a decade ago, but it just didn't work. Yeah, it, it didn't really fly. So mm-hmm. different generation, I, I feel like. Yeah. yeah some, 
So this gets, you know, two snaps and whatever, all that. Uh, yeah, I was you know. just going. I was just getting ready to go into that men on film. You know, mm -hmm. I said two snaps, and we, you know the rest. Homie the clown, of course, East Hollywood Squares. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Benina Burrell featuring Kim Wayne's as the untrustworthy neighborhood gossip girl. Of course, parodies are Arsenio Hall. Kenan Ivy Wayne's really killed it with that. You know, he had the long finger <laughs> every time he started talking. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and Miss Oh yeah, Miss Bonita. Those were legendary. Yeah, Miss Bonita with Kim Wade. It's like, oh yeah, you look. I want to yes, talk to what you yes. didn't hear from me. So you know, exactly. know people, use, people use that. So uh, yeah, it was just you know very memorable. And I, I hope, look, I hope, I think they did honor them. You know, during their thirtieth a couple of years years ago. Of course, you know, with the pandemic, I think they had. I know they had to do a virtual. But hopefully, maybe in a mm -hmm. couple of years for their thirty fifth, maybe they'll do a special. Maybe Fox will do a special, or maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll stream it on you know Hulu or HBO Max or whatever. So they like we they can really go uncensored, <laughs> so maybe yeah. get some of the folks you know, to come back and perhaps maybe reminisce and share some secrets. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, shout out to the the folks over at Eleven Color yeah. for you know kind of crap And props to the late great rapper Heavy D who passed away. Mm -hmm. I, believe, I think it's eleven years ago this year. Of course, he did the theme song to Eleven Color. That was solid. That's what him and uh, Eddie F. Uh, produce and, and did that theme song for a living color so yeah so we like to pay tribute to in living color the tv series that kicked it off was one of the first shows for fox from back in in the early 90s so uh that was a great tv show shout out to nomad who's uh, watching us and listening to us yeah saturday night live couldn't hold the candle to in living color you, you damn right on that one that, I, I was sad when it went off the air uh after 1994 uh it, it was raw it was real and really touched on some issues that even people that look like us didn't want to put out in the public, but they went there and made people laugh and made people think as well. Yeah, so definitely one of those shows that probably won't, will never be duplicated. It's probably going to be hard to perhaps maybe, you know, even do a show like this now, especially like you mm -hmm. said, cl different climate. Of course, you, you've got, you know, things with uh, TikTok and whatnot, so you can always just go on TikTok mm -hmm. and if you want to do something like that. So, but, you I know, think for what... For what it was, I think, yeah, Living Color was definitely kind of paved the way. Yeah, I think TV One is still re-airing those um yeah, those shows. Yeah, I'm not sure. Got, so yeah, yeah. But you can always check out I don't know. I know there's a, a few episodes on YouTube, uh in its entirety. So go to YouTube and type in the Living Color, the TV series. And I know there's some episodes that are on there as well. So uh so so check it out, especially for you younger folks. Yeah, check it out to see what that show really did for television, network television back then. Yeah, definitely. Be very interesting there. So, uh, what are you looking forward to this week, Sid? Uh, the White Sox uh, getting back on track. Hopefully, they carry the momentum what they did last night in NYC in the Bronx in particular. Uh, the as we mentioned, the Red Sox on fire. They swept the way the Seattle Mariners at home at Fenway over the weekend. Let's see if the Sox can win their series, and then they have a day off on Friday, and then they take on the hated Cubs for this upcoming weekend for a two gamer. Yeah, that should be. That should be interesting. You know, all the, the, the lots, lots of great series coming up too. Of course, but special shout out to Man City for uh, I think this is their fifth uh, Premier League title. It came really literally down to like the last few minutes. They, they scored a goal late against Villa to you know hold off Liverpool and win uh, uh, the Premier League. Also, too, you got the French Open going on right now. Of course, Nadal recorded 106 career win at the French Open uh, in the first round. He's going to go for his. Uh, you know, I think it's like basically his 14th French Open, which is I'm sorry, he already won the Aussie Open this year. Uh, Coco Goff won her first round match. Uh, let's see, I think what you call, I think, uh, yeah, Novak makes his first, uh, first uh, return to the Grand Slam, yeah, tonight. 
Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, tomorrow. So he'll be playing this first round match tomorrow. I know uh, Naomi Osaka was upset. So now that the women's side, it, it's wide open. I don't think Serena's playing. I don't think so. You know, that, that, uh, that women's, you know, draw is wide open there, but, uh, you know, we'll see if golf can make a nice little run. Uh, I know there's some other players that are, especially with Ash Barty retire. So now that's wide open, but, uh, yeah. So enjoy the French open. All you tennis fans is a, you know, and out of Roland Garros also too, you got, we'll see if, you know, some series might be over with, you know, in this next few days you know, tonight, <laughs> either tonight or tomorrow night. So both NBA and the NHL. So we'll give you guys a rest with that. All right. With that being said, Lakina, take us home. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Scrum McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Social Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Second City Sports at War on Anchor. We are, are available on all podcast platforms. And make sure you follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Make sure you catch Second City Sports live in 11 color, no pun intended, every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Old Chicago. One more game, as you young folks would say. Catch Second City Sports live in the 11 color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time exclusively right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right, folks, enjoy the sports, everybody, and all the uh, everything else that's going on. You know, stay warm out there. I know it's cooler in some spots. Stay cool. I know out east, it's pretty hot yes. at this point. So, uh, so we know whatever we need to do, wash your hands. Uh, wear your mask because the numbers are going up again, folks. You know, make sure you guys wash your hands if you're not going to get vaccinated and wear a mask. First, Sid, I'm Lakina. This is Second City Sports on Sports Hill Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. You can do what you want to do in living color. Holla! I'm, I'm glad he stopped because I think he wouldn't have had to pay the uh, the royalties. <laughs> <laughs>